Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine Weinbrenner-Eyrich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Magdalena Rungaldier is the principal of Map Boutique Consultancy. She co-founded MAP in 2014 with the strong belief that the hospitality industry needed a fresh, human, and sustainable approach, along with innovative ideas and services. Magdalena was born in South Tyrol, Italy, and got and stayed drunk on traveling, marketing, and breathtaking design. Following her studies, she began her wanderlust tour, living and working in Europe, New Zealand, America, and the Maldives. Magdalena holds a BA Honors Degree in Tourism Management and has many years' experience in tourism, marketing, and in strategically developing brands and businesses. She also serves as a lecturer on the topic of hotel concept development and activation at various universities and hotel schools. Before co-founding MAP, Magdalena held a variety of senior operational and management positions at a boutique design agency, a tourism research institute, and a number of high-end boutique luxury resorts and hotels. In our conversation, Magdalena and I talk about the gap she saw in the information for boutique hoteliers on the topic of sustainability and how she now helps hotels navigate this journey. She shares how purpose and profit are connected both in terms of sustainability and other purpose-driven missions. We also talk about how hotels can attract talented women and keep them. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Magdalena Rungaldier. Good morning and or good evening. I usually never acknowledge the time of day because I'm not talking to guests on the same time zone, but either way, welcome to Soul of Travel podcast. Um, I am really excited for today's guest. So we're going to jump right in. I'm going to welcome, and we just talked about the pronunciation of your name, but Magdalena Renaldier which I cannot say, and it's so beautiful. So I'm going to have you pronounce it when you introduce yourself. Um, But we met when I was on a recent trip to Switzerland and had such a great conversation that we knew it needed to be on the podcast. So um, welcome to Soul of Travel. Thank you, Christine. And thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. Thank you. 
Um, so as I mentioned, I, we met when I was in Switzerland and when I decided to go to the Adventure Travel World Summit in Lugano, I realized I was going to end up spending a few nights in Zurich. And so I wanted to see if I could really put my values into action when I started looking for places to stay. And this wasn't something I had done so intentionally before, but I got online and I was Googling uh, women-owned businesses in Zurich. And then I was Googling women-owned hotels and impact-driven um, businesses. And I ended up finding the property that I stayed at, which we'll talk about a little bit later. I really loved it. And then in the process of learning more about them, um, I found your company and a, a blog post about the one of the proprietors of that hotel. And anyway, led me to just reaching out to you saying I was so curious about your work and you were so grateful to to have me come for a conversation, which was supposed to be, you know, a quick meeting. And I think it ended up being like several hours of beautiful and passionate and fiery conversation, which is my favorite um, and was such a great start to my trip. So. I'm excited to bring that energy to this space. Um, for my listeners, uh, Map Boutique Consultancy is a B Corp certified um, consultancy helping you know, forward thinkers build and scale sustainable hotel brands. And that was what really caught my eye as I hadn't thought about who was helping brands build the brands that they wanted to have more of an impact. And I hadn't really seen it one agency really focusing on that. So that's what led me to you. But I would love for you to just take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about MAP. Yes. Thank you, Christine. And I mean, it was amazing having you in Zurich and, as you said, chatting for hours. So that was really an inspiration for me as well. I say my name now. My name is Magdalena Rungalier. And I've been born and raised in the northernmost region of Italy. Some of our listeners might know it as the Dolomites region. And the Dolomites are very famous, so I grew up in the midst of tourism. It was just part of our life. It is still part of our life. However, I have to say that wasn't the reason why I entered the tourism and hospitality field. It was honestly that I didn't know what to do. So there are people you meet at kindergarten and they know straight away, I'm becoming a doctor, I'm becoming an artist. I just didn't know. And I saw in tourism, you study everything a bit, a bit of arts, history, languages. And I thought, I'll go that way. And that's something like my whole life, I never had a real career path because also after my study, I was living and working in New Zealand, in Asia, in Europe, in Mexico. And also in a variety of fields. So in with luxury hotels, boutique hotels, in a research institute, on a river cruise ship, and so on. And so 2013, it was really the year when I got the opportunity to co-found my boutique consultancy. And as you mentioned, we are specialized in crafting sustainable hotel concepts and brands. So we are working with investors around the globe, but also hoteliers who are saying, like, I would like to create a hotel with an impact? How? What? What are the steps? What is the concept? What can be the strategy? What do I need to consider? 
And so it's often a concept and a brand at the same time. And as you mentioned earlier as well, we were always very much interested to see how can that development be a sustainable one. And we will talk about that as well. And so sustainability was always a huge focus. And we were also, and we are still very much inspired by hotels, businesses, but also a variety of companies that are enabling travelers to have a sustainable trip, but also those hotels who think further and say, yes, if guests come and stay with me, then they will have a sustainable stay. And that's really where our whole work focuses around, to help hoteliers, to help companies, to build concepts, hotels, brands that are of a bigger value than just making profit. I'll put it like this. Even if profit is important, we all know. Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, what I would love to also kind of start this conversation with um, is thinking about uh, the impact and the change that you want to create in the world. This is one of one thing I thought was really important to bring into solo travel this season. And I noticed in myself, especially over the last year, instead of thinking about what I want to do, I've been thinking more about like, what is this kind of larger mm -hmm. goal that I'm after? And sometimes it's even more of like a feeling or like a space that I want to create but I've kind of let go of the things that are going to help me get there. If that makes any sense. Like I just know this outcome is so important, but I'm detached from what's going to allow me to get to that outcome. And I think a lot of purpose driven leaders and entrepreneurs and business owners start from that space of like, this is the change I want to be a part of creating in the world. So for you, I'd love to understand what is that for you? What is that change? Yeah, uh, it's such a great question. And I mean, now the agency, we started 2013, 14, so it's now eight years. And I think it's important to share that you start somewhere. So there might be listeners who are just starting out, and that's totally okay. And what I've realized with my agency that at some stage you you realize ah oh, just doing the standard things, creating another hotel concept, creating another hotel brand might not be enough anymore in this world. Or especially then during the pandemic, we all felt it in the team. Ah, oh, it's something is changing. We can make a bigger impact. And so what we are saying, our purpose at MAP is to make this world a better and more hospitable place. And we find this word so, so meaningful because we are in hospitality, but it's not a welcoming place in many areas of this world and also in many hotels of this world. We don't feel welcome. And that was then our driver where we always felt, can we make this impact? And at some stage we realized and I'm super happy that we are a boutique consultancy. So I'm not interested to, to run a huge company. But we also understood that with a boutique consultancy, your impact might be not that large. And so, for example, we came up with the sustainable hotel, 
we said, wow, we are in an age of digitalization. Why can't a consultancy have a platform where you can present tools and handbooks and insights and where you can create an online courses and so on to spread this out into the world, into the world? Because we really felt it's needed. It's needed that someone in hospitality also says, look, we can create hotels that are good hotels, that have an impact and that are sustainable. And yeah, that was really in that moment when we said, this is what we like, we would like to do. That's our purpose. We understood that our business model right now is not the right one for it. And so slowly, it always takes time. We always say step by step. We started trying, we, tried, we started changing it. We started building and so on. I think it's so interesting to think about how you put that into action. And like you've said, how you have maybe one idea and it takes, it starts to take a different shape. And so then maybe allowing it to, and then also the idea, especially in a capitalist cultures that everything needs to be as big as possible. And the idea that for you to create the impact you want, you actually have to go against that. And so you have to look at what allows your business to to be able to scale to where you want it, but also to know that you're okay with the top. Like you've already set what you want that to be and you're not going to try to push past that just because maybe that's what culture tells you. Like, well, you're already doing great here. You could do greater if it was four times as big, but you, then you realize, I think many of us are beginning to realize that personal touch and that intimacy and that like one-on-one attention is actually where the impact is as a hotel, as a consultant, as like many different aspects. So I love that you were able to say like, this is who we want to be. And we're not really, we're not worried about being the biggest. (laughs) Exactly. And it's really sometimes when you craft something, when you create something, it's about expertise. And you need to build it. So this is not that um, you just say, we assume now five new people and they will all know how we craft sustainable hotel concepts and brands. It's like a field where we have to grow into it. And I mean, hospitality is such a a hotel. I mean, it's such a complex structure with, with all the departments, with everything happening in there and with all the people meeting there. That's the first thing. But the second thing I also feel, it's it's a lot about the details, about caring, about the persons also behind the hotel project. As mentioned, we are working with a lot of boutique hoteliers and their hotel will be their hotel, not ours. We are just supporting. We are giving insights. We are helping with tools, but it needs to be their hotel with their purpose, where they can meet the guests they want to meet. It's it's long time over the times where we can be everything for everyone. All is a lot of people. And I would say it's too many. <laughs> so I think to, to be successful in the field, and successful, I mean, that's such a difficult word, but to do great work in this field where we always say, that afterwards a, a hotel is really thriving, not only for the owner, but for the community and so on. It's work and you need this personal relationship. 
And I also don't feel that we need to become machines there and create one concept a week. It's not how it's going and it's not how, how it will be a sustainable business. And at the same time, also mentioning or seeing how I think as an entrepreneur, there was never a time where we had so many possibilities. When I think back 10 years ago, how much a website cost, and now you can do it yourself. For you know, it's incredible. Tools that were impossible to use five years ago. Now every small company can use it. And also, for example, talking about an online shop, doing we are doing now a podcast, and people from all over the world can listen to it. I think that's also important to always see, wow, we have now other ways as a consultancy. People got used to this online sphere. So I think that's also, you don't see many consultancies doing it yet. But for us, it was like, this that's a perfect opportunity. Let's do it. Let's try it. What can happen? Nothing. So we, we always try new things and um, yeah, try to get better with it. I think that's important as well. Yeah. Um, when you are talking to hotels, I know this started for you by witnessing a gap in the information available to boutique hoteliers specifically on the topic of sustainability, and you did want to help them navigate that journey. Um, can you share a little bit about what your clients have been looking for? And for people who are listening, who are curious, they have their own boutique hotel, or just in the context of travel, they can probably pull something from this. But how can people begin this process? And how can they maybe begin to understand even their values and and what they want to bring into this space? And then how would you begin to take them on this journey? There are two answers to it. I think the first one is really, why did we start our platform, The Sustainable Hotel? And what we realized a few years ago is that there is such a lot of information on sustainability out there, but we couldn't find anything very practical or tangible for boutique hoteliers. Because boutique hoteliers, they have, and if I say boutique hoteliers, it means that are, for example, family-run hotels, smaller independent hotels. Because the chain hotels, the big brands, they have their sustainability measures and activities in place. They have their own department or company doing it for them. But when we talk about these small, medium-sized hotels, which are, I think, the biggest part of the hospitality industry, at least here in Europe. I mean, I'm sitting right now in Switzerland. We realize we can't give them anything. Of course, we can tell them, read through the 17 SDGs. But then they say, okay, but what shall we do now? And so we started out because what we saw is they really were missing practical information saying, okay, we are not going to be the sustainability champions because I also, I'll open now to to just give you an idea. We've created four handbooks about purpose, people, planet, and profit. And in there, we have nearly 300 action steps that a hotel can take now to become more sustainable. What does that imply? There might be no 100% sustainable hotel out there. And that we have to be okay with. And that's already the first big recommendation for everybody trying to enter the field of sustainability or saying, I would like to become more sustainable. Forget perfection. 
You should always forget it, but in this field, forget it. And we saw, for example, this fear. Oh my gosh, if I'm now saying I become sustainable, but people see, oh my gosh, see, this is not happening. This is not happening. And I'm not doing that and greenwashing. And how should I communicate it? So there was a lot of fear because they felt like sustainability is so big and complicated. And what we told them, and that's also part of your question, we always say, start with your purpose. Start with that. And your purpose might be more connected to the field of planet, ecological sustainability. It might be connected to women empowerment. Then you are in the field of social sustainability. And once you know that you would like to make the biggest impact, start there. Of course, in every area, we have non-negotiables. That's like, you can't nowadays pay men double and say, oh, but... We protect the planet. Not happening. There are some parts and some points we somehow agreed upon that this is not anymore anything we can do in the year 2022. But that's the starting point. We are circling back to the beginning of our conversation. What's your purpose? What's your impact? And start there. And then take it step by step. I think, why did we build this platform? Because we said, if 100 hotels take five steps, five little steps. We have taken all together 500 steps to a better and more hospitable place. And it's so more valuable for us in our approach and in our beliefs than to have one hotel that does everything perfect. And that's the second thing. First thing, start with your purpose. Second thing, little steps. It's okay. Not that we become sustainable in a year, in two years. We will never become sustainable. Things are changing. We thought yesterday we know something and today it's already. So that's the second part to it. And the third one, what we did in Zurich, what we are doing right now, connect. This is a journey we can't make alone. Connect with people, get help, give help, learn. That's like such an important and valuable part that you grow as a person while going through it. If not, if you're just there ticking boxes, getting certifications, it has no long-lasting values, at least in my perception. Um, I think that's so powerful. And all of those things I was thinking are, are really important as travelers as well. I think there's just, like you said, there's so much resistance to kind of starting a sustainability journey because we are thinking about like, how far it will take to get there. And then also that there doesn't seem to be a place to get to. <laughs> and so people are just standing there paralyzed and think, like you said, like, no, know, know your purpose. And I've talked a lot about this in the context of conservation and as in sustainability as a traveler, just choose the thing you are the most passionate about, like you said, and bring that into place first. So that goes back to kind of what I was saying when I began looking for a hotel in Switzerland, like, my impact is towards gender equity and how that impacts sustainability. And so that was my Google search and someone else's search might look different, but I know that that is something I'm passionate about. So it's easy for me to put that into action. If you were making me focus on something I wasn't connected to, I wasn't going to, I'm not going to do it for one. <laughs> and for two, if I am, it's just 
it's not going to have the same impact. And so I think it's so great for people. It seems so simple and basic, but it really, I think, is the catalyst to be able to push it forward. Yeah. And that's a big learning. I sometimes feel that people, I put that people tried to convince us that sustainability is costly and complicated. Yes, talking about a hotel, sometimes you need to invest in something. That's the basic situation in every business. You invest to get a return on investment. But if not, sometimes it's just using your brain, you know? And for example, we, we talk to a lot of experts and I personally love good questions. I love them much more than good answers because a good question give, can give me answers a long time. And one expert, Renato, who runs a very small boutique hotel in Piedmont in Italy, asked such a great question. When we asked him, how are you ensuring that you are running your business in a sustainable way. And he said, he's always asking himself, if I take this decision now, do I consider how it impacts future generations? And that's, for example, a question you can always ask yourself. How does this decision now impact future generations? How does it impact people right now? Is there someone who will suffer because of my decision? And so on. It's a set of very basic questions. And something that you mentioned, Christine, and I think is so important again to emphasize upon, that right now in the whole field of sustainability, there are so many questions where we don't have answers. We just don't have them. We ask a question, is it now really good that we all have e-cars? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know where the batteries are coming from and so on. But I think it's important to ask the questions and then to realize I might not find the perfect answer right now, but what might be now the best next step with the best impact for everybody involved? But I tell you, Christine, I think we all need to get okay with feeling insecure and not having the right answers. And that's something we are not very good at and not used to. I'm not sure how you feel about it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I was just thinking that that seems to be one of the hardest things about this area. And I think it draws people probably like us where when you said my favorite thing is a good question, I was like, Oh, me too. I love a good question. I can't wait to think about it. I can't wait to like, ruminate and go every direction with it. And some people, that is a very uncomfortable place to be. And I think one of the greatest things about the area of sustainability is that there's so much space. So, so many people can think about it a different way. And there isn't like, there isn't a necessarily a right or a wrong. There's just another question and another question. And it keeps shifting and evolving and for me, that's kind of magical, actually. It, I don't like the real linear space. I love this more fluid space. And the other thing that I was thinking about, too, was um, with sustainability, the, the idea that we really need to be able to kind of reach a goal without there being a goal is kind of how do we do that? And the other thing I think 
uh, really what has been interesting is sustainability, I think, in a lot of people's minds was environmental sustainability. And sustainability really got connected to climate, but only from this environmental standpoint. And I think what people are seeing or not seeing because I think it's been known, but like all these elements, like, so you said, social sustainability is your, is your principle or your pillar that you're really interested in focusing on. And when you look at the SDGs, this actually gives us so much room for innovation because we can then kind of tell our brand story through our commitment to a sustainable development goal that lends us to creating our sustainability journey. So I think that also, again, like just opens up more space so we can see that we both love this space. But for your clients, how how has that allowed them to be able to tell their story and really allow them to be a purpose-driven business, maybe in a way they wouldn't have expected because maybe they just thought, I need to reduce carbon, I need to recycle, but they weren't thinking about these other parts of their purpose in the context of sustainability? Yes, it's of course, if they're our clients, we are working with them for longer and we can help them and support them. And as mentioned, we always start with purpose. That's our starting point. And especially if you have a hotel where you have an owner, there is a personality. That's like where the stories are coming from, the authenticity. And I'm sometimes at universities and I pose the question, do we all need a vision? And the answer is no, we have visionaries. And therefore we go to work for visionaries. We say, ah, I believe in that vision. That's where I would like to work. But the purpose, and that, of course, was coined very much by Simon Sinek. Start with why. I mean, is one of a great book. I think everybody should read to understand also what we discussed before. How, what, why, and how to prioritize. And he also says, start with why. We discuss here, start with purpose. And when you realize that point you know that's what I would like to change in the world to discuss about it that's something intrinsic that's something very personal and when we go through these exercises with clients it's astonishing what comes out there what they are for example I really don't like all these rules and regulations and that hotels in my case have to look the same I really dislike it. Also that people need to be all the same. I guess that's the reason why I create hotel concepts. To tell hoteliers, no, please be unique. Do tell your story. Create your hotel. Like-minded people will understand you. So I really believe that that's like always the start. What would you like to create to change and so on? And to give maybe some assistance to listeners it's often good, as I did, to think first about what is something that you always despised. What are you always standing against? What is really bothering you? What makes you angry? And I guess, Christine, with you, it's when you see there is no gender equity. So you said, and let's, that's my purpose. But that's always a good start to think about. And that's something that don't, doesn't change over, over, over our 
life, there are things that really bothers us. That's like where, where we start. And then what you mentioned before, then we decide what are we going to tackle this year? And then it's five steps. And that's good. <laughs> and at the end of the year, we said, yes, we saved energy. Or yes, we have now a more diverse team. And we did a big thing because the hotel hopefully will exist again 10 years. So we have in 10 years, we have implemented 50 steps. As mentioned, step by step. That's the most important. Hi, it's Christine. Can you believe we are about to move into a new year? One of the things I am most excited about is my women's book club. I launched my virtual book club in 2021, and it was such a powerful and valuable experience that I've kept it going. I love the relationships I've cultivated with women who have returned each year. This is a journey meant to inspire travel, create cultural awareness, and offer personal growth experiences all from the comfort of your home or wherever you may be lucky enough to be in 2023. Each moment we spend reading is a moment that endures in our bones. Reading wakes us up. Reading transports us to another world, another experience, or another perspective. Reading leaves us changed forever. Imagine who you'll be at the end of this book sojourn. Past participants have said that they enjoy diving deep into a book and hearing other stories and perspectives. Last year, women said it was one of the most powerful experiences they had. You can join us beginning in January. Soul of Travel listeners will get a bonus call with me to welcome you to this experience and set our intentions and begin building our new community. Visit lotussojourns.com slash women's-book-club to join this unique travel experience today. Now, let's hop back over to our soulful conversation. I think the thing that for me is so magical in this process too is that we get to be human at work because we're thinking about what matters to us and then allowing our business to embody that which I think isn't something we've really done in the past. Like you've said, like, here's your hotel, here's your hotel, here's your hotel. And they all kind of have a general sense about them that are similar. And you maybe don't know where you are from one place to the next, which I think is one of the worst things when I worked in event planning is you would go and you'd spend all day in a hotel you you never really knew where you were. Like it just, it didn't tell you a story. It just served some function. And um, when you are starting with this why, and then you take that really back to a personal level, um, whether it's a board or a one individual with a boutique, like they get to bring that to life. And I was reminded of a book I just read, um, The Awakened Woman by Dr. Tara I. Trent. And she talks about your great hunger, which is like that thing that, that keeps you awake, like, and kind of also what is the change you're trying to create? It's like the one thing that you're not okay with in the world. <laughs> it's the thing that you just, every time any issue comes up, you kind of find that thread within an issue. You just notice it's there. 
And I think that's so amazing to think about that. And in the context of business, um, like I said, the hotel I found first in Switzerland was Josephine's guest house. And in that property, they set aside many of their rooms for women who um, have been victims of domestic violence. So they have a place to go. And um, I just thought, for me personally, this was like the most perfect place for me to want to stay. And then that property filled up while I was looking, but they had another property, Alma. And again, like, Going to that and experiencing it, especially after having a conversation with you, like experiencing what they had created. Like when you walked into that property, there's no front desk. So you just walk in and you talk with someone like a person, which was amazing. And there's then a fireplace and there's all these gathering spaces. So this property tells me it's here for community, it's here for connection. And then like all local food is noted and on display. And like the whole time I moved through it, it was an experience. And so unlike this other hotel where I don't know where I am, I constantly was being reminded of where I was, what I might feel, how they wanted me to like relax into their space. And so it was a really cool experience in a way I hadn't really thought about a property before, but it started for me with that values connection where I knew these were people who saw the same inequities in the world and wanted to do something about it. And now their property like shows me that, if that makes sense. And I I just loved that experience. Totally. And I mean, what you described, a partner of ours in Norway had the best term for it. What's the problem with hotels? It's all same shit, same wrapping. <laughs> How to say it better? And I mean, what you just described, I think a lot of people, before they understand that purpose talk that we are doing here, they are like, oh, what are they talking about? I'm running a business. I'm running a hotel. But I always try to tell them, talking about a hotel now, look, once you know where you can make an impact, where you are passionate about, you will be good at. So if you are, for example, someone, we have a client who loves sport, who would like to see people moving, get healthy, use your body, go out into the nature and not stay in front of the smartphone. She created such an amazing sports residence and she's good at it and the people who are coming there they are feeling at home because they know they can talk with Julia about going into the mountains about moving and then we say that's why we create a boutique hotel we always give the stupid example it doesn't help you if a consultant tells you oh a vegan restaurant is now where you will make the best profit But you go home every evening and eat a steak. It's it's not going to work out. So therefore, this purpose, even if it's a bit of a theoretical terms, it's so it's profit in real life. Let's put it also like this. Yeah, I, I think that's so. Yeah, there's just so many pieces. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, you're given a map of what you should do to be successful. But. I mean, we just keep coming back to the same place. If you don't know why you want to be successful, you're actually not going to be successful because you've you've just 
you don't have anything that you're really passionate about creating. And so, and then when you're connecting, I think purpose and profit, if you go into a place that feels so rich because of the passion you have for what you've created, people are going to go back and people are going to tell their friends and people are going to share that experience on social media. And then your purpose and your passion are becoming your profit because you've created something that's much more powerful than if you were trying to create what everybody else is or whatever the trend is, or, you know, follow the checklist. You have to bring your authenticity to it in order to attract your like-minded client. And also what you had said before is like, all is too many. Like, we shouldn't want all that just that feels so uncomfortable. But also somewhere in that mindset, we have been trying to have all and serve all. And so yeah, I think it's so, so there's so much freedom in not having to do that. Yeah. And of course, also here, we have learned such a lot over the last years, we grew up in a different system, in a and. I'm not against capitalism. I'm just against the capitalism that has no end. And that was the system that we grew up with. And now studies are coming out. As for example, in 2020, there were two big studies from Kantar Group, but from Zeno and from Zeno Group. And they said nowadays, customers, they are looking for consumers, I have to say, not customers. Consumers are looking for purposeful brands. That's like now a proactive thing. And to be honest, also myself, 10 years ago, I didn't think, oh, for what is this brand standing? Or what's the purpose? Who am I supporting? So everything is shifting. And it's shifting as what you mentioned to a more conscious, a more responsible, and also a more aware society that that now realizes, oh my gosh, my decisions have power. I can decide to whom I give the money. Am I going to work with a standard company or with a, now I'm using my example, with a B corporation where I'm sure they are working with the highest standards, talking about social and environmental responsibility. And here we also have to give ourselves all credits that five years, 10 years ago, we couldn't put words to it. We just didn't know it. And so it's good, you know, step by step. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really valuable too, is that people sometimes also, because we didn't have language for it before, now we do. And as we look back, we see the, maybe the errors that we made or things that we wish we could have done differently, but we didn't know. And then we get caught up in like, in that instead of just moving forward. So I think, um, it's great now that there's more conversations and more questions. And I think more, more progress being made than ever before. Um, one thing that I would love to bring into this conversation before we end. So I was lucky to, to do an interview for your sustainable hotel, one of your guides, one of your books that you're putting together. And one of the questions that you ask is how we can attract talented women to our teams and how we can keep them. And I also just talked a little bit about this with um, Emily Goldfisher, who's the editor-in-chief at Hertelier. So if people are curious about that, they can listen to her interview as well. But I really wanted to bring your thoughts and perspectives on this to this conversation. This is something that 
started coming up for me in Switzerland as I was talking to people at Alma House and, you know, with you and um, so many innovative ideas started to surface. So I'm really just curious about what your thoughts are and how we can bring more women into the hospitality industry, into leadership, into sustainability. Yes, I guess the most basic answer is that we look at these very clear barriers that are there. To have nowadays a board of five men shouldn't be any more existing. That's very clear. We all have to raise our voices. And there are a lot of these situations where we just have to say, look, it's 2022. Honestly, your whole sea management consists of 10 men. It's just not anymore happening. For me, I always also look at the other side. And when I'm at universities and talk to young women, I feel, on the other hand, it's amazing that we have now all this data and information where we see, okay, here we truly have a problem. However, I often feel that these young women get biased with it. Like, oh my gosh, I will never get this management position because I'm a woman. And I always tell them, we know it, but don't plant that seed into your head. Just don't do it. It won't help you. Go out there, ask for the job, you know, and do whatever you would like to do and we will work on it. But that I feel is so important nowadays where all this data is coming in. And I often feel like women, before they do something, they are even afraid that they are not getting hired because they see, oh, mostly this percentage of men get hired, not women. So that I think is now a very important part. The second part to it is, we women have to get so much better at supporting women. If we look out there, or if I look in my environment, in my community, there are, we are always talking about the men who do not support us, but there are so many men out there who are fully and totally supporting us, who are trying to put us in places, invite us to talks, support us, push us, try to get us the job. And we never acknowledge that. And I think that's also very important to state. But I often see a lack of support from women helping each other, connecting each other, networking. So that's something where I feel we have to get so much better. Because still our conversations are sometimes... Should you have a career? Should you have kids? Should you stay at home? Blah, blah, blah. So as as long as we are not pushing us, helping us, whatever the choice is, I, I think we have to get stronger at that. And the third thing is what we are doing right here. And that's, for example, Verena Kelm, the manager at the hotel where you were staying, told me once, if someone invites me as a woman somewhere, we have to show up. And it's sometimes not easy because sometimes I feel, okay, did they invite me now? Not in this case, but when you have these male panels, did they invite me now? Because I have to be the only woman sitting there or did they invite me because of my expertise, because of my company? But nevertheless, I will never forget how she told me that we have to show up. We have to show, look, I'm running a company and it's 
successful. It's making an impact. And I think that's important that we as women don't wait for anybody else, but start doing these things, supporting each other, not being afraid because there is such a lot of difficulties out there, but also to show up to raise our voices. She mentioned that to me when I was with her as well. And actually, I heard that again from several other women as I was attending conferences and talking a little bit about this. And that was just a, an interesting awareness for me is, you know, that that you you have to be showing up so that someone else in that room sees you and it's that yes that they need because they saw you they know that space is available to them and i think um the thing that was really interesting when you were talking about the data and women internalizing that data as the thing that will hold them back i thought that's really interesting because my daughters are like just natural born feminists because they will say okay my math teacher told me that he knows he gets paid more than the woman who's also a math teacher and they just come unhinged. But at the same time, now they have heard that men math teachers are getting more than women. And so did they internalize that somewhere in their subconscious so that later when that happens to them, they just go, oh, well, I remember that's the way it is. And will they lose their fight or, you know, will it become a part of what keeps them in their place, I guess, which I just I hadn't thought about that before of like, when we hear that data, does that become a part of the problem? Yeah. And I just realized that now at universities, I grew up with a brother and a sister and we were totally equal. So for me, there was never I thought if I, that I could not become president or a CEO or a gardener. I mean, my family told me, whatever you would like to do, do it. You get the education, you can do whatever you want. You're a new generation. And so I never thought about when I was applying at a job, am I not getting it? I was sure, like, I can get it, you know? But now often I feel like these women are so, like, already, or maybe I'm, not even trying or they are. And I think it's important that we raise our voices, but it's not always good if we are going straight against something. So to say, look, I'll give you a very practical example. Uh, We are pitching, we are asking or someone asks us for an offer and afterwards they say, no, we are going with another agency. It's never my thought to think, ah, they go to an agency that is led by men. Never. My thought is always like, hmm, that's interesting. Let's ask why. Let's ask. And then we better our best. We were, we, and maybe a client thought then afterwards, yeah, it's because of men. But maybe then the client also thinks, ah, that's maybe not the best choice I did. But, you know, and so my reaction is always, oh, yeah, let's get better. Let's learn. Let's not be biased here. We can become better. And, in the end, if we are good enough, no one will decline us just because of gender. And I truly believe in that as well. So that's something where, of course, we can ask for many changes and we have to ask for them. But I see so many areas where we as women have the chance to help each other, to show our faces, to, to support each other and to help each other as well reach different positions, run a company and so on. 
And I always think, as you know by now, step by step, what's the first and the next step I could do? And that's, for example, what I'm trying to do. And someone else will say, I'm going for the legislation. And I'm thankful to that woman. Yeah, thank you. I think that's really, um, really helpful. And I think, as we've already also said, just gives me so many more questions to ponder about like what my response would be in that situation. And, you know, where is that coming from? Do I have a bias I didn't understand? And I think, um, yeah, it's just, it's so interesting to see how we respond to certain situations and what things are systemic and what things are, you know, behaviors that we've learned or what are, you know, just uh, like our life experiences playing out in a different way. Like you said, because you had, you know, a brother that you felt that equilibrium and yeah, it just, it's so interesting how all of those different pieces of ourselves show up in our business, which I think again, comes back to that thing of we have to acknowledge that we are humans in business because it becomes a part of, of everything moving forward instead of being business owners and employees, we are people who have businesses and people who are employees. And that just allows us a lot more room to figure out how the pieces work together. Yeah, totally true. Um, Well, I appreciate this conversation so much. Um, Before we wrap it up, I would love for you to share how people who listening to this conversation can learn more about the work that you're doing, where they can find the the platform with the information that you mentioned with the handbooks that would be, I know, valuable to some of our listeners as well. Yeah, I think that's the, if they would like to have a look, the platform, they can reach it under the sustainablehotel.com. And have a look around, uh, leave us a feedback, register for our newsletter. Every two months, we bring updates for very practical ones as well on sustainability. And that's, of course, amazing. Connect on LinkedIn, whatever, wherever you would like to. Um, yeah, I think that's that's at least with the Sustainable Hotel, what we are trying. So also if you have a hotelier that you know and could benefit of the resources, we are happy. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I hope people listening... If you think of someone that you know, uh, like you said, to share it, because I was just thinking of several people as we were talking that I was like, oh, I feel like they would really need, could benefit from this resource. So I'm excited to share. Um, the last thing that we have, I have is a few rapid fire questions for people to get to know you a little bit more as a, as a traveler. So, um, and I guess, uh, as an explorer, the, First question is, what are you reading right now? Oh, it's a study. It's a book. It's Václavek, a German one about communication to understand how communication happens. And it's not, I can tell you already, it's not happening how I always thought it's happening. So it's really a scientific book about communication. Mm, Excellent. I love hearing what people are reading because I feel like that's the first like that's the easiest exploration that we have or the easiest way to travel and learn is through books. So uh, what is always in your suitcase or backpack when you travel? I'm such a bad, uh, like that's, I guess it's my smartphone, but because nowadays there is music on and books. So that would, that's what I need. Music, books. That's the most important thing when I'm traveling. Yeah. 
I have found that has been the hardest thing for me because I want to not be anywhere near my phone when I'm traveling. And now your phone like has all these things that you need away from it being a phone or email that you still find yourself like it's my camera. So I'm always reaching for it. And it's sometimes really frustrating. (laughs) True. But yeah, that would be the only thing I would say. I need books. I need music. And that's always on, on the road with me. Yeah. Um, to sojourn is to travel somewhere for a short time as if you live there. Uh, where is one place in the world you would like to sojourn? So many. But uh, right now it's uh, New Orleans, the south of the state. interesting. Based in Zurich, I always felt it's a city with a soul. I've never been there, but that's, that would be an area. And okay. 1,000 others. Don't, don't get me started. That's all on my list. But that's like something I was, uh, maybe also because of the music, the people, the, yeah. Yeah. When you go, let me know, because I have at least three people that you should connect with while you're there. Right. Thank you. Um, what do you eat that immediately connects you to a place you've been? I guess mango. Every tropical fruit from my time when I lived in Asia. Bananas. When I eat them here in Zurich, I feel, am I really eating bananas? When you have eaten them once, you know, in the countries where they are from, it's like, so these tropical fruits, I feel like, oh, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, me too. Um, Who is the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? My parents and especially my mother. Who always said uh, you are a different generation they are after the second world war in in europe so they did not speak english and so on i don't know how many times my mother told me and also my father the world is open to you learn a language get an education go out there explore do whatever you want to do you can that's your generation and therefore as mentioned i am so grateful for them because that they never said you can't do it. They always said, of course, learn English, learn languages, go out there, travel. They were a huge inspiration. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. If you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, alive or past, who would it be? That's very influenced right now because I'm planning to, to travel to India. And I was reading a bit about it. And so I think two very inspirational people are Mahatma Gandhi and Mother Teresa. And I guess to spend a day with Mother Teresa, uh, that would have been, uh, or that would be a humbling life experience. And of course, that's right now influence because I'm looking at that country. But for sure that, uh, that might have, that, that might be a day that would change the whole life. If you, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, and as you know, uh, Soul of Travel is to celebrate voices of women who are creating impact in the world through travel. Who is one woman you would like to uh, recognize in this space? It's uh, Tatiana Benkert. It's, uh, we have worked together decades ago in the luxury resort in the Indian Ocean. So also a different environment that I'm talking about right now with sustainability. And she runs now the Purpose Hostel in Antigua de Guatemala. And it's a social business. 
I have such a lot of admiration for her, what she crafted there, what she built, how she supports the community, how she's building a, such a diverse and inclusive team and everything. So, yeah, amazing that you, you change continent, you, you open their hostel to support as well and to collaborate and co-create with the local community. Big inspiration for me, yeah. Thank you so much for, for recognizing her in this space. And thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. I feel like we could just really scratch the surface of it here, but um, I hope that other people were inspired by uh, what we had to share. And I really appreciate your vision and, um, and hope other people are drawn to that as well. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. And thank you also for doing this for inspiring other people. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of passion also there behind. So thank you so much for this. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Soul of Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.